ends. Enjoy the worship. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God there is Ruach Elohim. He's the blessed of God. Blessings. Welcome to Non-Sunday School. We're going to get God. started as soon the as this worship ends. If you would like to interact with the Bible study on tonight, make sure you're joining through the Podbean app. Otherwise, feel free to listen in through my website. Enjoy the worship.
this temple, feel this place. When we say this place, it's not just a physical atmosphere. This temple. Welcome everyone to non-Sunday school. I pray you all enjoyed that worship. That was Minister Nathaniel Basie. And the name of that song is Ruach Elohim, which of course means the breath of God, the wind of God, the spirit of God. We all need the wind of God living inside of us, breathing inside of us, blowing on us every single day of our lives because we are his temple. We are his house. Um, so again, welcome to Nun Sunday School. I just want to welcome everyone into the room. Welcome to those of you who are streaming live from my website. Welcome to everybody who dropped in um, through the Podbean app. Hey, Sister Jamie, blessings to you. Welcome. Sister Tessie, Brother Stephen, uh, Miss D, Unlimited Grace. And I know some listening from the website like Sister Coco. Blessings to y'all. Um, again, Nun Sunday School, it is an interactive lesson, interactive class kind of laid back um so if you want to interact at the end of the teaching make sure you jump over um on the Podbean app so that way um, we can chat back and forth and you can communicate with me if you don't want to be interactive you're perfectly fine just listening and streaming from my website but again, this is a laid back atmosphere. I'm not going to keep you long tonight. So we were able to go a little bit longer on the worship since the lesson won't be that long. Um, unless Holy Spirit extends out the lesson. Of course, he has complete control over the room. Um, but let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us to come back together again as students of your word. We're all students, even myself, Father. So thank you for this lesson on tonight. Thank you for continuing to build um, every word, line upon line, precept upon precept, Father, as you're teaching us that we are your house. We are your glory carriers. We are glory transporters in the earth, transporting your glory. And thank you for tonight's lesson, Father, where you're just giving us those principles of transporting that great weight of your glory in the earth. So Holy Spirit, I submit my tongue to you tonight. I ask you to take over the atmosphere on the live as well as those who may be listening to the replay. It's my prayer, Holy Spirit, that your anointing will rest on every word that I speak. Let nothing be said except what you desire to be said. And I thank you that even on the replay, if they listen to it weeks from now or even years from now, now, um, Holy Spirit, your same anointing will still rest upon that word and it will produce the harvest in the life of every person who hears it in the name of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, take over like you always do. I surrender and I submit to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So again, welcome to Non-Sunday School. Um, on tonight, we're going to be talking about transporting great weight. Transporting great weight. Um, again, we've been building and building and building and we know that the things that we go through in life, you know, a lot of the times those afflictions that we go through, it's a part of our process to becoming those glory carriers. We've talked about how salvation is free. The anointing costs you something, but the glory costs you everything. So I know many of you who are on the live and those of you who are streaming on the replay, you've been through your process. You've been equipped to carry and transport God's glory in the earth. And so now... Holy Spirit is just going to give us some principles about transporting the glory. So we are going to go through some scripture on tonight. If you have, if you don't have a Bible, um, you can go to BibleGateway.com, pull up a free version online. Um, usually I read from the King James Version. I also sometimes read from the NASB Version as well. All right. So we're going to be talking about transporting great weight. Um, some of you know, I've told you, you know, I drive semi-tractors um, and big trucks have always. I've just gotten a special message out of how those trucks carry great weight. Like I've just always been fascinated by big trucks. So on tonight, I'm going to give you some things that I have learned from just transporting great weight around this globe, around the U.S., but I'm also going to give you some principles out of the Bible as well. But everything that I tell you as far as like what I've learned driving these trucks and things that God has taught me through driving these trucks and transporting, the weight of the trucks is like 80,000 pounds, which is nothing compared to the weight of God's glory, but still it's the principle of carrying great weight. So I'm going to share with you some of those principles that I've learned also from transporting that weight um, around this uh, the United States as well. All right, so transporting great weight, principles to remember. So we're going to start with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Those of you who've been in non-Sunday school, y'all already know this is one of my favorite scriptures. It has gotten me through so much in life because it makes you understand why you go through a lot of the things that you go through. It's about that weight. So I've taught on it several times, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 from the NASB version, it says, for our momentary light affliction, it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. So nothing can compare, nothing at all can compare with transporting God's glory. The anointing is good, don't get me wrong. So the anointing is good, but with the anointing, it requires you to do something. It requires the anointing comes upon you to do something. The Bible says when Jesus got up in the synagogue and he opened up the book and he read in the synagogue, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to do something. So when the Holy Spirit is upon you with the anointing, it's for you to do something. All right. But when the glory is upon you, it's not you doing anything. It's all God doing something. And so that's the hour that we're in right now. A lot of people are going after the anointing and wanting to be anointing, but God is shifting to the glory. And I, I, I want to bring this up too. Why Why is he shifting to the glory? Why, why is it important that we're glory carriers in this hour? Well, you think about it. Go back to some of the greatest revivals that this world has ever seen. So you have Azusa, um, you have the Great Welsh Revival, and a whole lot of other revivals where the anointing was there, 
and somehow along the way flesh got involved and the anointing stopped or the revival stopped because flesh tried to touch what God was doing all right so that was flesh what God is doing right now we cannot take credit for it in our flesh because it's all about us transporting his glory we go through the process we go through the fire we went through the afflictions to transport his glory and how does that work it works because once we've come through our process and i taught on this um last week talking about discovering your purpose on the other side of through after you've been through that process and you're transporting the glory the way it works is god will have you go somewhere and not tell you why you're going but he needs you to transport his glory to that place he needs the people in that atmosphere to come into contact with his glory so you go there or you go to the grocery store thinking you're just buying some groceries but really God sent you to the grocery store because everybody that you pass by on the aisle in that grocery store needed to be healed, set free, or delivered from something. So he sent you there because you're carrying a great weight of his glory. But he don't tell you who you're reaching or who he's touching through you on that aisle because if he told you, you would get puffed up with pride if you knew everybody that God was reaching through you. So you're transporting the glory and you're doing massive damage to the kingdom of darkness, but you don't know all the damage that you're doing and that's to keep you humble. So that's the level that we're at right now. That's the level that we're at right now. And to carry that weight of glory, we have to live that consecrated, purified, set apart, sanctified life, submitted to God's Holy Spirit and letting him lead us every step of the way. Does that mean that we won't mess up? No, it doesn't. But it means that we're not out here practicing sin. We're practicing holiness so that we can carry the weight of God's glory. Another example of um, God's glory doing all the work and man not having to do anything. Um, there's a scripture in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, where it talks about how the priest stood up to minister and the glory of God filled the temple and it was so strong that the priest couldn't even stand to minister. When the glory shows up, we don't have to do anything. Okay, so we're transporting the glory. We're transporting a great weight of God's glory all right? But there are principles that we have to remember while we're transporting that glory. So transport means, by definition, it means to carry or convey from one place to another. I just gave the example of the grocery store. You know, you go to the gas station, you may go to your job, you on fire, you just glowing, you got the glory of the Lord all over you. You're transporting God's glory up in that workplace. So you're just taking it wherever he tells you to take it. Your job is not about a paycheck. Your job is about you transporting God's glory in that workplace. You just so happen to get a paycheck while you're there. So never forget that your assignment right now and until Jesus comes back is to be a transporter of that glory. So in the Old Testament, the glory of God was transported via the Ark of the Covenant. And there was a certain way that God's glory had to be transported. And remember, don't don't y'all forget that I just gave y'all that example of the previous revivals and how flesh would come in and try to touch what God was doing. Flesh tried to touch the glory. All right, but in the Old Testament, there was a certain way that God's glory had to be transported. And failure to follow God's standards for transporting his glory resulted in death. So principle number one, 
I got 10 principles written down unless Holy Spirit give me more than that, which he has perfect liberty to do because you have control of my tongue, Holy Spirit. But principle number one for transporting a great weight of glory is your flesh cannot touch God's glory. That's rule number one. And I want to go to scripture, 2 Samuel first uh, chapter 6, verses 6 through 11. Again, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 6 through 11, and I'm reading from the King James Version. Principle number one, your flesh cannot touch God's glory. Not should not, cannot. All right, so let's read. It says, again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000, and David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart. Let me stop right there. The new cart represents a new move. So the old move, the old cart, the way they tried to do it in the past, that's not working no more. God is doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? We know it. We know that he's doing a new thing. All right. So it says, and they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And when they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah, put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen shook it. Let's go back to rule number one. Your flesh cannot touch God's glory. That's principle number one. Let's continue reading. When they came to Nashon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perizuzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So rule number one, your flesh cannot touch God's glory. So Uzzah, you know, he was assigned to help carry the ark. God don't need no help with his presence. God don't need no help with moving his presence. He don't need our flesh to touch it. So when the when Uzzah thought that God's presence was falling off the cart, the Ark of the Covenant, when the Ark was falling off the cart, he reached out to touch it with his flesh. We see that a lot in churches right now. We see that a lot in some ministries where 
they feel like God's presence is not moving in their service the way they want it to or the way that it should be according to the Bible. So what they do, a lot of people, they reach out and try to touch his presence with their flesh. They, they're, It's like they're trying to play all the right B minor chords and all the right notes to try to work up a false anointing, if that makes sense, when God's presence is not there. You cannot touch God's glory with your flesh. That's dangerous ground. So Uzzah died, and it scared David. At that point, after Uzzah died, David didn't even want to touch the ark. He just let it go to the house of Obed-Edom because he was afraid to touch it. So you don't have to be afraid to transport God's glory. You just have to do it the way that he says do it. And that rule number one is that your flesh can't touch it. So you have to be quick, especially when you're carrying God's glory. One, when you're carrying it, you know you're carrying it because you discern God's presence. You just know what's on you. You know the weight that you're carrying. So you're not accidentally carrying weight. You know what you're carrying. That's not being braggadocious. That's being that's that's knowing what you're carrying as you should know what you're carrying so it's not to scare you you shouldn't be afraid of carrying it you just want to make sure that you're carrying it the way that god wants you to carry it do not touch it with your flesh um it was something else that i wanted to say there holy spirit will bring it back to me so that's rule that's rule number one do not touch God's glory with your flesh. Principle number two, you cannot be concerned about your ego or reputation. You have to be undignified, undignified when transporting God's glory. Undignified means to make you appear silly and lose people's respect, especially because of not being controlled, serious, or calm. So how many of you know God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? When you're carrying God's glory, you can't be concerned about how you look. You can't be concerned about your reputation. All you can be concerned about is God's glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that back to me. So what I was saying about your flesh, let's go back to the point I was talking about your flesh cannot touch God's glory and David being afraid and leaving the Ark of the Covenant uh, there. So what I was saying is you you carry it. It's okay for you to carry it. You got to know what you're carrying. But the point is you have to be quick to give the glory to God. You cannot believe your own press. So a lot of times people will see God's glory on you and the enemy will come along with the spirit of flattery. That's a spirit of flattery. That's, some people t take flattery as a compliment. Flattery is witchcraft. Okay, so when you get people, they see what's on you and they start pouring on the compliments, pull back, draw back. Don't receive all the flattering comments. What you need to do is be quick to say to God be the glory and go on about your business. Because if you feed into your own press and you let people blow your head up, the next thing you know, you're going to get in your flesh and you're going to be trying to pocket God's glory for yourself because you think that you're doing it. It's not you doing it. It's God doing it. So that was what Holy Spirit was bringing me back to to remind you. It's okay for you to know what you're carrying. Just be quick to give the glory to God and do, reject the spirit of flattery. Um, anybody coming along with that spirit, just pull back and let your dis as a matter of fact when somebody comes along with that spirit of flattery your discernment should kick in you should pull back from them 
especially if they're trying to connect to you because sometimes a lot of times in the body of Christ people will see what's on your life and they'll try to attach to you like leeches but they have ill motives and ill intent with trying to attach to you so when somebody comes along with that spirit of flattery pull back discern and let Holy Spirit show you that person's true motives and their true intent all right so that's a word of wisdom for somebody so that means you got to be healed that means you got to be healed from the spirit of rejection that maybe you suffered from as a child because if you're not healed from the spirit of rejection or things that you went through as a child when somebody comes along to affirm you by laying on flattering words you're going to be drawn to them because you never got that affirmation as a child. So now it's like anybody that comes along that gets speaks word, words into your life to make you feel like you're doing something or that you're so grand or so great, you're going to be drawn to those people if you're not healed because they're feeding an unhealed spirit. They're feeding your unhealed inner man. So make sure you're healed. Make sure that just, just get before God in prayer and ask him to show you Father, I know you've carried, you've called me to carry a great weight of your glory. Heal anything in me that could cause me to be detoured or derailed by somebody speaking flattering words into my mind or into my heart or my spirit. Okay? So that's, that's a point of wisdom for somebody. But going back to principle number two. Principle number two, you cannot be concerned about your ego or reputation. All right, you have to be undignified. You can't be worried about what the world thinks. It's all about God's glory. And I'm going to continue on reading 2 Samuel because I'm going to show you how David did and how, you know, when I'm backing this up saying you can't be concerned about your ego or reputation. Remember, David was transporting the Ark of the Covenant. So 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 through 23. And it says, and it was told King David saying, the Lord, and remember, the Ark of the Covenant is now resting at Obed-Edom's house because of what happened to Uzzah after he died when his flesh basically reached out and tried to touch God's glory. So now, 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 12 through 23, it says, and it was told King David saying, the Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the Ark of God. So David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bear the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. Some of y'all know this story. And David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And so they're celebrating the glory of God being ushered back into their presence. Verse 16, and as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, who's also David's wife at the time, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men. 
as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, every one to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious, she's being sarcastic, how glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, it was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord and I will yet be more vile than thus. One translation says I'll be yet more undignified than this <laughs> and will be based in mine own sight and of the main maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. So, remember principle number two, you can't be concerned about your ego or your reputation. You transport God's glory how God tells you to transport his glory. David was dancing before the Lord. He was dancing as they ushered back in the glory of God and his wife got jealous. His wife got jealous because David was dancing before the Lord. The wife is in the flesh. She's thinking about all the handmaids who are seeing David naked and David is saying, look, God chose me before I met your father. Like I will dance out of my clothes before God and basically what you're saying, you're trying to keep me from doing it because of your handmaids. But guess what? Your handmaids are going to honor me. All right. So you, your, your work. So basically Michael could not go with David to where David was going to with transporting the Ark of the Covenant because she was trying to stop him from transporting the glory the way that God wanted him to transport the glory. So you cannot be concerned about your ego. You got to be willing to look foolish. You got to be willing to look undignified. You got to be willing to do whatever God tells you to do, however he tells you to do it. And you cannot be concerned about people's opinions when they see you doing and going where God tells you to go. For example, God may tell you to go on vacation. He may tell you to go on vacation and just start laying hands on people, laying hands on people on the beach. Or maybe not laying hands, just go through the beach, just walk the beach, prayer walking the beach. And somebody else with you wants to go to the restaurant. Maybe your uh, mom or your dad or whoever, cousins, they want to go to the restaurant and you're talking about walking and praying on the beach. So you're looking foolish to them, but you know you heard God say, go prayer walk on the beach so you can transport his glory on the beach. So which one you gonna do? You gotta be willing to let people talk about you, call you crazy for doing whatever he called you to do. No reputation. Jesus made himself of no reputation. So you can say about me whatever you wanna say about me. I don't care. I must be about my father's business, okay? And right now in this hour, your father's business is that you are supposed to be transporting his glory in the earth, wherever he tells you to transport it to. So that's principle number three. We're talking about transporting great weight, transporting great weight and principles to remember. So principle number one, your flesh cannot touch God's glory. Principle number two, you cannot be concerned about your ego or reputation. 
Principle number three, everybody can't go with you to the glory level. Everybody can't go with you. Sometimes people are in your life for a season and for a reason. Perfect example, going back to David and Michael. Michael, she saved David's life from her dad, from King Saul. So she was in his life for a season and for a reason. She helped save his life. But now it's like David is on a whole nother level and she's not anointed or called to be with him at that level. She's trying to stop him basically from doing what God has called him to do. So everybody can't go. Now, does it say that David divorced Michael? It doesn't say that in the Bible. It just says that basically Mike, Michael didn't have any children after that. Did her handmaids have children? Maybe, maybe not. David said that their, her maidservants will be, would hold him in honor, which basically he's saying, you don't want me, but your maidservants will. So Michael could not go with David to where God was taking David to. So principle number three, everybody cannot go with you to the glory level. Some folk will despise you and even be jealous of you. Michael became jealous. She was focused on the wrong thing. She was jealous after seeing King David dancing before the Lord. Who gets jealous of who gets jealous of you doing something for God? Who does that? That sounds like the devil. Only the devil would get jealous of God. Only the devil would get jealous of you doing something for God. And that would make sense because a person, either they're submitted to God or they're submitted to the devil. So even with Michael, it wasn't necessarily that she was jealous. It's just the devil was trying to stop David through Michael. So it was a spirit of jealousy operating through Michael. It wasn't the person because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's always going to be the spirit working through the person to stop you because remember the devil's assignment is to steal to kill and to destroy whether that means to steal kill and destroy you physically or to steal kill and destroy your purpose steal kill and destroy whatever it is that god has put you in this earth to do which tonight we're talking about transporting the glory so he'll try to do anything in his power to stop you to steal the opportunity for you to transport god's glory to even kill the desire or to, to destroy the desire from you transporting God's glory in this earth. But he does it through people. He does it through people. Everybody that comes in your life, either they came in your life because God sent them or the devil sent them. It ain't no in between. It ain't no middle ground. It's either or. Either God sent them in your life to be a blessing to you or because they're divinely connected to you by God. Or the devil sent them to be a part of your life to try to steal, kill, destroy you, trip you up, get you off course. Because remember, the devil cannot work unless he does it through a person. A spirit cannot operate in this earth without a body. So we cannot operate through a body unless it's an unsubmitted body, a body that's unsubmitted to God. All right? So everybody can't go with you. Everybody can't go with you. Michael became jealous after seeing King David dancing before the Lord. So you can't take everybody with you to the glory level. Can't take everybody with you. The higher the altitude, the higher you go, the less oxygen you have to breathe. That's in the natural. So if they're not equipped to go to that high altitude, you're only hurting yourself by trying to take them with you. Like, I need all the oxygen I got for myself. All right? That's not being selfish. It's saying, at this level, I need you carrying your own weight. Like, I can't... Um, it reminds me actually of the story of the 10 versions 
the 10 virgins. I can't remember exactly what scripture it is, but it talks about the 10 virgins and how some had their lamps in the oil and some didn't. It's like, no, at this level, I can't babysit you. You got to be carrying your own. You got to be holding your own. All right. So you got to have your own oxygen. If you ain't got it, you can't go with me at this level. All right. They will die at that level. If you try to take them somewhere that God has not called them to go, they will die at that level because God has not graced them to go there. All right? So that's principle number three. Principle number four. Principle number four. Because of what you're carrying, you can't just jump out there and start going somewhere without knowing where you're going. All right? So this... This is powerful, and this is one of the, I told you I was going to throw in some tips that I learned also from uh, driving semi-tractors as well. So because of what you're carrying, you can't just jump out there and start going somewhere without knowing where you're going. With the semi-tractor, I'm driving 80,000 pounds down the highway. 53 feet of trailer behind the cab itself. So when you add that in, that's about like 70, about 74 or whatever feet. So I can't just jump out there on the highway and start going somewhere without knowing where I'm going because of the weight that I'm carrying. If I do that, I'll get stuck somewhere that I'm not supposed to be because I didn't count the cost or what they call in the trucking industry, trip plan before I set out on my route. So you have to trip plan. You have to know exactly where you're going. You have to plan it. You have to count the cost. You have to know if you can make it safely to that destination, right? So I'm gonna throw in a scripture. And that's Luke chapter 14, verses 26 through 35. And this is Jesus addressing his disciples. It says, if any man come to me, all right? So this is talking about not just jumping out there and start going somewhere without knowing where you're going. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Remember, you can't just jump out there and start going somewhere and you don't know where you're going. You got to sit down first, count the cost, whether you have what it was what's going to be needed to finish it finish where you're going verse 29 less happily after he hath laid the foundation and he's not able to finish it all that behold it began to mock him so you just jumped out there you're supposed to be going somewhere with god you ain't checked to see where you're going you don't know where you're going you done told everybody you're going with god though so now you done jumped out there and you don't know where you're going picture me so if i get out there and i jump out there and i take this little side road because i'm supposed to be transporting this freight somewhere but i jump out there because i ain't properly planned my trip and i i need 13 feet six 13 foot six inches of clearance for bridges but i just jump out there and take an exit because i ain't properly planned my route i'm gonna get stuck up under a bridge somewhere because I didn't have the right clearance because I didn't do proper planning. I didn't count the cost. So you have to make sure that you have the right clearance, that you plan your route. So if I get stuck under that bridge, some people will be laughing because, oh, she's supposed to be a professional truck driver. She's stuck under a bridge because she didn't read the sign that said 
uh, clearance 12 feet four and she got a 13 foot six, 13 foot six inch trailer so how how did she miss that sign it was because I didn't plan beforehand I didn't count the cost before I jumped out there and started going where I was going so going back to verse 29 says less happily after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it all that behold it began to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 or else while the other is yet a great way off he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace so likewise whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath he cannot be my disciple salt is good but if the salt have lost his savor wherewith shall it be seasoned it is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill but men cast it out he that has ears to hear let him hear so you can't just jump out there not knowing where you're going not knowing where you're doing not knowing what god has called you to do you have to sit down and count the costs and see if you're going to be able to finish it and part of being able to finish it this ties back to with principle number three that i just read and that's that everybody cannot go with you to that level that's jesus talking to his disciples saying if any man come to me if basically if god tells you if you have this perfect example you have your father over here in idolatry your mother is in idolatry your wife is in idolatry your children are in idolatry your brethren are in idolatry your sisters are in idolatry and the bible clearly says make no covenant with those who are in idolatry or worship foreign gods so if god says leave somebody who is in idolatry break that covenant because they're in idolatry and you don't do it then basically you can't you can't go where god is taking you because you're putting them before him you're putting them before god's word okay so you gotta hate your mother your father your wife your children your brother your sisters anybody more you gotta hate them more than you god i'll put not that's not that's not the way that's not that's not what i'm trying to say you got to not love them more than you love god that's a better way to put it so i love god more so because god's word says this i'm gonna do what god's word says so if that means if god's word says separate from you because you're holding me back and you can't go with me to this level because of what you're in and what you're practicing then even though i love you i'm gonna have to step away from you i still love you so even though the bible is saying hate it don't mean like hate hate like despise hate it means um because we still love at the end of the day we still have to love them it's just i'm loving you from a distance okay i do not love you more than god so no, I have to separate myself from you. And I wish I had my lexicon right now because I would look up the meaning of the word hate because God is not a God of hate. So it does not mean hate like the world says hate. So I wanna make that clear. It just means that you do not love them more than God. So I hope you got that. So that's principle number four. Cannot just jump out there, going somewhere, carrying great weight without knowing where you're going. You measure twice and you cut once, all right? So you got to plan it. You got to know where you're going, plan the trip. You may not know every single step, 
but you got to know that, hey, this is what God said. This is the vision. I may not know everything in between, but I know the beginning. The beginning is that I'm taking this first step. And I know the end is that it's going to produce more souls. It's going to produce more fruit in the kingdom. Everything that happens in the middle, I may not understand it, but as long as Holy Spirit is leading me, I know that I'm still going to be in the perfect will of God. All right? So you got to count that cost before you set out on your journey and you only travel down approved roads. I'm tying this back to like carrying great weight in a semi-tractor. You only travel down approved roads that you know are approved. That you know are approved. If I got 53 foot of trailer behind me and all this weight that I'm carrying, I can't just take an exit hoping that this is an approved road because I might get to the stop sign and see a sign that says no trucks allowed. <laughs> and then if I see no trucks allowed, then how I'm gonna turn and get out of that mess because I can't just turn around because I got 53 foot of trailer behind me. I'm carrying too much weight. Like this, this, this is too big for me to just be maneuvering in small spaces or tight spaces. So you do not go down a road unless it's an approved road. That's relating to semi-tractors, but it's also relating spiritually. But spiritually, how do you know what's approved? How do you know what's an approved road? Well, you refer back to God's word. Does going down this road that you're about to go down, does it honor who God is or does it honor the devil? Selah. That's how you know if it's an approved road. If I go down this road, does it bring glory to God or does it glorify the kingdom of darkness and if it's not an approved road you don't go down that road because if you go down that road you're gonna get stuck somewhere that you don't want to be stuck and then you're gonna have to call for angelic reinforcement to get you out if i get stuck in my semi-tractor by going down in an unapproved road then i have to call law enforcement to come and escort stop traffic hold up traffic until I can somehow maneuver and U-turn or somehow get up out of that situation or even get towed out of the situation. But I can't just go down an approved road and think that it unapproved road and think that everything is gonna be okay because of what I'm carrying. So before you go down that road, count the cost and see if it's an approved road. If it's an unapproved road, it's gonna mess you up and it can mess up other people that are around you, people that you're called to. For example, if I'm going down an unapproved road, then I'm stopping traffic, I'm holding up other people that could be on about their way, but they can't go about their way and go where they're supposed to be because of the, the wrong turn that I made. So you go down that approved road that God has called you to do, and you stay on that approved road because when you get off course, Everybody that's in your belly that you're supposed to be birthing out, that's waiting on you to say yes to God and do everything that God has called you to do. When you go down that unapproved road and you get stuck somewhere, they're stuck until you get back on route. They're stuck until you get back on the right road. So only go down an approved road. So God ain't got to send all of heaven to get you out of something that you never should have been in in the first place. I hope that made sense. Principle number five, rule number five, transporting great, great weight principles to remember. Principle number five, you pay attention to the signs. Pay attention to the signs. I just gave the example of me and the semi-tractor. 
There are signs all over the place. Before I started driving semi-tractors, I didn't pay attention to those signs because they didn't relate to me. But now that I'm driving semi-tractors, signs are all over the place. Clearance signs warning you how you know how how much height that bridge can take so you don't run in run into the bridge and get caught or weight bridges uh, weight on the bridges like how much weight that bridge can take or a residential roads like can this residential area handle the weight of your truck so you got to pay attention to the signs all right but as it is in the natural so it is in the spirit so the bible talks about the signs and paying attention to the signs so like the sons of issachar in first chronicles 1232 you have to be able to discern the times that we're in when you're carrying a great weight of god's glory you have to be able to discern the signs you have to be able to discern atmosphere so you don't get caught up in something god was trying to warn you about okay so pay attention to the signs you have to pay attention to the signs luke 12 54 we see jesus rebuking the pharisees for not discerning the times so all the always there are always going to be signs before destruction or danger always whether it's in the natural or in the spiritual realm i see them when i'm driving my semi-tractors i'm going to always see that sign before destruction or before i get into a dangerous situation and if i miss that sign it was because i was distracted or i wasn't paying attention so god will always send you a warning before woe but if you're distracted you'll miss the signs that he's sending so let's break down that word distraction distraction well first let's look at traction did break down the word dis traction so traction is the ability of a wheel or tire to hold or grip the ground without sliding that's traction so distraction is when something comes to break that grip of that wheel or that tire that grip that it has with the road right so when it comes to spiritual distraction and not seeing god signs because you're distracted distraction spiritual distraction is when the devil sends things or people well first let's look at okay so god is giving you a vision right he's shown you things to do he's shown you your purpose he's shown you your calling in the earth he's shown you how you're chosen to carry and transport a great weight of his glory He's shown you who you're called to reach. He's shown you all these things. So what happens is a spirit of distraction will come in. But that spirit of distraction is to remove your the your mind, the traction of your mind from the vision, right? He, the devil sends things to try to steal, kill, and destroy your purpose in the earth. So he will send everything he can to remove your mind, to remove your focus from the vision to distract you from the vision okay so it can try to distract you through things through people it doesn't matter so whenever things come when god tells you to do something or go somewhere and then all of a sudden chaos starts happening in your life or maybe he told you to you know start some business or something and then all of a sudden your finances are attacked all of that is distraction. It's trying to get your mind focused on what the devil is doing instead of it being focused on what God said. So you have to have a firm grip in your spirit and in your mind on what it is that God has called you to do. Keep that firm grip 
on the assignment of transporting his glory in the earth and don't let the devil throw nothing your way that makes you ungrip that vision if that makes sense you got to stay gripped with it what is the assignment the assignment is to transport god's glory anything coming at me to try to take my mind off of that you got to block it out in the name of jesus it's a spirit of distraction all right so that's principle number five pay attention to the signs you got to pay attention to the signs know the times that we're in and know that there are always going to be signs before distraction or destruction or danger but you got to be paying attention you cannot be distracted or you will miss those signs principle number six if you do get distracted by a spirit of distraction and you miss an exit or miss a turn you don't just jump off on the next exit because of what you're carrying you have to seek god and ask him what exit to take and how to exit taking the wrong exit or going the wrong way can result in collateral damage because of what you're carrying you can't just you just got to be mindful of what you're carrying so if you veer off the wrong path you got to have god's wisdom on how to get back on the right path per, i'm, I'm going to give this example because it's the only one that i can think of right now but i remember um it was this post a few weeks ago on social media where it was a young lady who was married. She found out that her um, husband, her newlywed husband was caught up in some um, perverted relationships, I'll put it that way. And so she took to social media to blast him and she ended up being murdered by him. So that's not blaming her, I'm not, I'm just giving this as an example. So she missed a turn or she missed the exit by one, getting married to the wrong person in the first place. So she missed a turn. She got she got caught up in something that, you know, if we're led of God's spirit, God will always warn us of things that the devil has intended to steal, kill, or destroy us. So I honestly believe that there had to have been some red flags, warning signs, up in there that maybe were ignored but the thing is once she found out once she found out that she had missed the exit or took a wrong turn she jumped off on the exit that she thought was right like oh i just found this out so let me blast him and get out of this marriage that ended up being dangerous for her i mean it cost her her life so what should have happened is use god's wisdom praying to god he probably would have said don't say nothing just you know do it this way do it this way definitely don't blast him on social media because that's not how god operates that's not god's character that's not god's way of doing things so taking that wrong exit or trying to go about it the wrong way to get back on the right path like i said it can result in collateral damage did she have a great purpose on her life she had to because god does not create any of us without a great purpose so she had purpose every single one of us we're not anybody special but every single one of us are called to transport god's glory in the earth the only difference is some people don't want to go through the process that it takes to transport that glory so even her she was called to be a glory carrier so she could have prayed and got back on the right path and been still in this earth transporting God's glory with her testimony of how God delivered her from these things. But again, if you take the wrong exit 
or go the wrong way, it can result in collateral damage if you don't get back on the right path by doing it God's way. So that's principle number six. If you don't, if you do get distracted and miss an exit or miss a turn, you don't just jump off on the next exit. You seek God and ask him what exit to take and how to exit. The most important thing is that you know that you're gonna have to take exit. So while you're waiting for God to give the instruction and the wisdom on how to get out of it, whatever the situation is that you're in that you know you shouldn't be in, while he's giving you that wisdom and you're waiting for him to speak to you that wisdom, what you should be doing is just settling it in your heart, settling it in your spirit, and just receiving that spirit of peace about it that this must be done. Like, this is necessary. I have to do this because God is calling me up to a higher place. And this has, like, I have to sever these ties. I have to get out of this situation or get away from this person. So, don't do it your way. Get back on path God's way. There's safety in that. All right, so principle number seven. Principle number seven, you go at God's pace. You go at God's speed and not your own when you're transporting great weight, all right? So because of what you're carrying, and even me with my semi-tractors, I can't go as fast as everybody else is going, especially if I'm carrying 80,000 pounds behind me, right? So I'm going at the pace that's safe for the tractor that I'm driving. So the speed limit might be 70 miles per hour and I'm going up a hill and I'm barely going 45 with my foot on the accelerator all the way down to the floor. It's not going faster than 45 because of what I'm carrying. Or, and then you got people going around you and zipping past around you. They're frustrated because you're going so slow, but they don't know that you're not going slow on purpose. You really can't go any faster because of what you're carrying. So as it is in the natural, so it is also in the spirit. Because of the great weight of God's glory that you're carrying, you can go through some things in life. And you can go, the Bible says we go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. In other words, we go from one mountaintop to an even higher mountaintop. That's that's what glory to glory is. You're going from one level to the next level. But in order for that to happen, in order to go from one mountaintop to the next mountaintop, you have to go through the valleys in between the mountains. So that means okay, as you're going up each mountain, there'll be those who gets frustrated because now you had to go down through the valley. Now you got to get back up, going back up the mountain to get to the higher level, but you're going slower than they think you should go. So as you go from faith to faith and from glory to glory, go at God's pace, okay? Don't, ain't no need to trying to frustrate you. It's, it's frustrating. Like even, it can, while I'm watching my words, it can be frustrating to some trying to go up that mountain and you want to go fast, but you can't go fast and you're giving it all the gas and all the energy that you can give it and it ain't going no faster, all right? So do not get frustrated because you're going slower than you want to go. You're going at the speed that God has you governed for. That's what they call it in the trucking industry. You're governed at a certain speed. You can't go no faster than that. So don't get frustrated because things aren't going as fast in your life as you want them to go. God is taking you as fast as he wants you to go. And going around curves. So this is another thing. If I'm carrying all this weight on my truck, and I'm taking an exit ramp, and the exit ramp says 
you see the little sign like 25 miles per hour with the truck tipping over well if i go 30 i might tip over and fall in a ditch because of what i'm carrying so as it is in the natural so it is in the spirit when you go through those curves of life you know sometimes life throws you a curveball and it may take you a moment to bounce back you may bounce back fast sometimes you may bounce back slower but just understand that if you go around the curve and it's taking you a little bit longer to bounce back or maybe longer than it takes others to bounce back don't don't feel bad about that know that god is allowing it to take longer because of what you're carrying you're carrying great weight so it's going to take you a little bit longer to get through that curveball that was just thrown at you or that curve of life that was just thrown at you so again you go at god's pace up the hills up the mountains of life and around the curves of life go at god's speed don't get frustrated because it's not going how fast you want it to go or how fast other people think it should go and there's one thing about truckers right truckers respect other truckers so and if i'm going down the interstate or if i'm going up a mountain and let's just say my lane is about to run out right and i'm trying to get over before the lane runs out other cars the little cars i call them my little babies <laughs> they'll try to zip past me because i'm going too slow for them or they're frustrated so even though they know my lane is about to run out they're not letting me over because of what i'm carrying it's like we just zipping past me but somebody else who's carrying the same weight that i'm carrying they'll slow down because they understand what i'm carrying they understand it so they're not going to get frustrated they're going to flash their lights and say come on over so those who are getting frustrated with you because you're taking too long to go up mountains or you're taking too long to get around the curbs of life that's just letting you know that's not your people that's not your tribe they don't understand what you're carrying so don't even get offended when they try to put their two cents in about whatever you're going through they don't get it because they're not carrying what you're carrying those are your little babies right but somebody else like me who i've been through the fire i know what you're carrying somebody that's carrying great weight can recognize somebody else is carrying great weight so when i see you struggling to get up that mountain or struggling to get around that curve i'm gonna flash the lights the lights of jesus be like hey come on come on we good come on get on over here take your time i understand what you're going through i understand that weight and i'm gonna be right here behind you like while you going up that hill i'm right here behind you like we pushing each other up the hill so that being said again don't get frustrated and those around you who get frustrated, let them pass you and go on about their business. That's not your tribe. That's not your people. That's not who you call to. All right. Principle number eight. We got 11 principles. So I got three more after this. All right. Principle number eight. You can't care what people think. That kind of ties into principle number seven. Those who get frustrated because you're not doing what they think you should be doing or going how fast they think you should be going. You can't care what they think. You can't care what the world thinks. You can't react to other spirits around you. What you got to know is know what you are carrying, which is a great weight of God's glory, and stay focused on where you're going. And you should know where you're going because he gave you the vision before you even set out. Remember, we counted the cost. We know where we're going. We done properly trip plan. We know what we know what the destination is. 
So know what you're carrying and stay focused on where you're going. That's principle number eight. Principle number nine, be determined to stay off the brakes. Stay off the brakes. Be determined that once you get going, you are not stopping. So one thing I did not know about semi-tractors is that the brakes are not meant to be used, <laughs> which is crazy because you got 80,000 pounds. So the brakes are not meant to be used. They're actually air brakes. So you only got so much air in those brakes. And if you pump those brakes too much, you're going to find yourself brakeless, especially going down a mountain which I had my first mountain experience a few weeks ago. It was so interesting. And I just, oh, thank Holy Spirit. It was an experience. It was kind of like riding a roller coaster. But I, in trucking school, we don't have mountains. So we didn't actually get to train on mountains. So my first experience with a mountain was actually driving on a mountain by myself but they do teach you that on the mountains you do not use your brakes because if you use your brakes by the time you get to the bottom of the mountain you will have no brakes and you're gonna run into something or somebody or worse yet have a fatal accident or something so you don't use your brakes what you do you set your pace at the top of the hill and they have what's called jake brakes which are engine brakes they're not the brake pedal but you basically you're flipping your engine brakes and it monitors and it naturally slows down the engine so that being said when you're on the mountain you done made it up to the top of the mountain you ready to roll you ready to go you picking up speed you you know you just going full force and what god has called you to do stay off your brakes it ain't the time to be hitting your brakes at this point you're pretty much unstoppable so you just keep going and let the engine brakes which is holy spirit will refer to the engine brakes as holy spirit so let holy spirit be the one that slows down the truck as you're going down the mountain so if somebody gets in your way you have to rely on Holy Spirit to move you where you need to be. But once you start going down the mountain, you are unstoppable. So you ain't stopping for nobody. People just got to move out your way. Anybody trying to block what God is doing in your life or where he's taking you in your life, they have to move out of the way. Move out of the way or Holy Spirit will move you around them. But you're unstoppable at that point. So stay off the brakes. You're unstoppable. Once you get going, you build up that momentum, stay off the brakes. We are not stopping. We are not quitting. All right. Principle number 10, follow the GPS. Follow the GPS. This is big in trucking because like I said, if you don't properly plan your trip and follow that GPS and you just out here all willy-nilly going where you want to go, you're going to end up stuck somewhere that you ain't supposed to be. But spiritually, follow the GPS, I refer to that as God's positioning system. So that GPS is Holy Spirit. He will direct you on which way to go. He'll tell you which way to go. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, it says, And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So trust the voice of Holy Spirit. Trust that voice, trust that voice. John chapter 10 verses one through five says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him 
the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out and when he putteth forth his own sheep he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger they will not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers so actually it was 10 principles that i had this is the last one that was the last one but i want to go back to um following um holy spirit holy spirit is that voice that i direct you but it talks about god's sheep knowing his voice so some of you have heard me tell this um story about how when god was training me in the prophetic and i was pretty much confident that i knew his voice so much so that i didn't even pray about it um, when I heard his voice, I was so confident that it was his voice that I didn't even pray about it. So I had a situation that came up. I thought it was God because, again, I knew God's voice. And I'm saying I'm doing air quotes with that because I really didn't know his voice. I thought I knew his voice at the time. But anyway, something happened. I thought that it was God telling me that giving me this advice or giving me this counsel only to found out, find out that it wasn't God. And um, then after I found out it wasn't God, I was praying like, well, God, you know, I thought you said such and such. And he was like, well, um, I didn't tell you. He was like, I didn't tell you this. I'm just summing up basically what he said. Basically he was saying, I didn't tell you this. It was basically the devil telling you this. But the lesson in this is that when you hear my, never be so comfortable with hearing my voice that when you think you hear my voice, you don't pray to confirm that it's really my voice. So going back to principle number 10, rule number 10 with Holy Spirit being that voice and following God's positioning system. All right. So whenever you hear a voice directing you or telling you anything, anything at all, I don't care how small it is, you never assume that it is God. You never assume it's God. I don't care what voice it is, whether it's a voice you got in your dream, whether it's a voice that somebody else gave, giving you a prophetic word, whether it's a voice, even in the Bible, if you're just reading the Bible, because how many of you know the devil knows God's word, he will take God's word and twist it. You will be looking for an answer. This is how the devil works. You'll be looking for an answer, flip, it, flip open the Bible, and it turns to this uh, scripture that tells you to do something and you think that's your scripture but really that's the devil speaking to you through that scripture that wasn't your scripture you just flipped open to that page and now you think that god is telling you to do this thing so you have to pray at any time you think you hear god you go to god and pray you don't move you do not move you do not take a step at all until you go before god in prayer and say god is this you? Is this your voice telling me to do this? If it's God's voice telling you to do it, we're talking about God's positioning system and following the GPS and Holy Spirit's voice. If it's God telling you to do it, one, it's going to line up with his word. But again, just because it lines up with his word does not mean that it's God. That's just the first litmus test. So if it's God telling you to do it and you're praying to God and you're asking for confirmation that it's him, first litmus test is that it's going to line up with his word. Second litmus test is that you're going to have a peace in your spirit about it. So you'll have total peace. You ain't got to understand it all, but you'll have a peace about doing what God is telling you to do. If you're confused about it at all, even the least bit confused, then you know that's not God because God is not the author of confusion. The devil is. So if you're confused about something that you believe God is telling you to do, pause, 
until you get a peace in your spirit. And if you never get a peace in your spirit, you never do what it is that you think that you heard God say because God will lead with peace. Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. All right. So as long as it's confusion, you don't do it. I hope that made sense. You always let the peace of God lead you. All right. And so that is all I have on tonight. I really hope and pray that y'all got something out of that. Um, hope some of the stories that I shared about me and my semi-tractor was interesting to you or fun for you to listen to. But the floor is open. Again, non-signed school is interactive. So if any of you have any questions, um, feedback, or if you just want to chat for a minute about anything that you heard on tonight, feel free to put it in the chat and I will bring you up to the stage and we can just talk about it so i'm gonna give you about 60 seconds and if you don't have any questions then we'll go ahead and close out with prayer and for those of you who are listening on my live stream directly from my website by um if you guys ever want to be interactive you can always um just download the podbean app that way i can see I can see you, I can bring you up to the stage and we can interact with one another, not just for non-Sunday school, but also for Friday night fire as well on Friday nights. So give you about 15 more seconds. Blessings to all of those, all of those who are in the room or stopped in the room, Sister Jamie, Tessie, Stephen, Miss D, Unlimited Grace, Jama, Dejama, I hope I pronounced the name right. Dejama, Olivia, ABC7, Silence Killer Authority, Papa Kwaku. Blessings to all of you. So, okay, so I'm going to assume nobody has any questions. So we're going to go ahead and close out with prayer. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you again for another lesson the ability to come together and just study your word and share and be partakers of your word. Help us to apply all of these principles, Holy Spirit, in our daily lives as we transport our Father's glory in this earth. Thank you, Father, for choosing us, choosing us. We consider it an honor that you would even choose us to be able to transport your glory in this earth, Father. We do not take that lightly at all. So, Father, we submit to you as your servants, your humble servants, Father, and we ask you to just send us wherever it is where somebody needs to come into contact with your glory, Lord. Wherever they need to come into contact with your glory, send us there. We won't question it. We don't have to understand it. We'll just be obedient as your Holy Spirit leads us and orders our every step, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you that as you send us to those places, whatever your reason was or is for transporting your glory there, Father, it shall be accomplished in the lives of each of those individuals in the name of Jesus. So thank you again, Holy Spirit, for these principles. I thank you for the application of these principles. And I pray also that those who have heard these principles, Holy Spirit, that you'll help them also teach these principles to others so that these, these words can also produce a harvest in others' lives as well in the name of Jesus. So I pray a special blessing on each person that joined the live one tonight, as well as those who may listen to the replay, Father. Thank you for just being with them, covering them with the blood of Jesus 
and just your grace, just your grace being on their lives, Father. Let every assignment of the enemy be canceled over their lives, Father, and let your perfect will go forth in each and every one of their lives. Let it be so in their lives, Father, on and in the earth as it has already been done in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, and so it is. Amen. Amen. Blessings. I love you, Sister Jamie. Thank you for coming and uh, Jess the doll. See you coming in at the last minute there. But um, blessings to everyone. So we'll be back on Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Friday Night Fire. Um, for Friday Night Fire, that's our live prophetic intercession. Um, we also do healing, deliverance, if you need deliverance from anything. Um, also, Holy Spirit fire baptism with the evidence of speaking, praying, and tongues. So if you've never received the baptism of Holy Spirit, which you need, because we need that Holy Spirit baptism in order, fire baptism in order to walk as empowered believers in this earth. I'm not going to teach on it on tonight, but if you don't know anything about Holy Spirit and fire baptism, go to my website, www.faizaimani.com click on i can't remember if it's under the non-sunday school tab or the um friday night fire tab but if you click on one of those it'll automatically start playing but i did an hour and a half teaching teaching you about holy spirit what the holy spirit fire baptism is why you need it as well as breaking down praying in tongues so if you need that make sure that you show up on friday night because we'll be praying those prayers for healing, deliverance, and fire baptism. Your tongues will be activated on the stage. That's a gift. I'm not going to say it's a gift that God has given me. It's a gift that he's given all of us as believers. You just have to have the faith to use it. But one of the things that I'm very confident about, and it's not bragging on me, but it's Holy Spirit in me. And that's whenever someone comes or God sends somebody to me to be activated with the Holy Spirit fire baptism with the evidence of tongues, Holy Spirit never fails. So if that's what you want, come to Friday Night Fire. I can promise you, you will receive it in the name of Jesus. That being said, I love y'all with the love of the Lord. Y'all have a blessed, peace, and prosperous rest of your week. And I'll see you Friday night for Friday Night Fire or next Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for non-Sunday school. Love you. Be blessed. Good night.